Hey everybody, welcome to the YouTube show. I'm Chris Pio. We've got Craig with me. Uh, Joe Castle is under the weather tonight, but um, we trust he'll be back next week. Craig, how are you? Uh, you know what? Doing pretty well. It's December. It's We've had some snow here in Ohio. So uh, yeah, it, I'm getting in the uh, the holiday spirit here. The Christmas spirit is coming over me. How are you? I'm good. Now, Craig's moving to Tennessee. Yeah. But thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks to the magic of the internet, you know, it used to be like a podcast. You had to be in person. Right. You know, if you moved, you're like, all right, well, see you, Craig. Yeah. But, you know, because of the magic of the internet, nothing's going to change with Craig. I mean, I hope you do it from a different place. Uh, but uh, have you been checking out the weather in Tennessee? I mean, are you like, is it going to be warm down there or something? <laughs> well, it's it's been warmer. I mean, it's, you know, the, it, their climate isn't, you know, drastically different than what we see in Ohio. But, you know, uh, when we went down there, we went down there a couple weeks ago for uh, our Thanksgiving uh, party at uh, work and then also to see some more places. And, you know, there it was a similar temperature, but we have noticed like right now it's in the 50s in, in that area. So um, I think we would be seeing some better temperatures uh, there than we do here in Ohio. Okay. Where it's in the 40s. Very good. Well, um, you know, you hear Craig and I talking on different podcasts, and um, you know, like I said, we usually have Joe. We don't have Joe tonight, so it's like the original gangsters, Craig, because we used to do two or three of these hour long by ourselves, um, just to promote some of the other shows that are happening. I hear knocking, I just got a little bit freaked out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a weird. Uh, yeah, later tonight, we're going to be uh, recording um, kind of like we're returning back to the original Chris and Craig format. Uh, Christina Smith will be in, and uh, she works for the Hayes Center in Fremont, and she's a big Michigan fan. So, I mean, I'm not a huge Ohio State Michigan fan, but, you know, we'll let her uh, share her experience because yeah. she was actually there for the – uh, Michigan Ohio State game. She's all excited. Michigan wants. We'll let her uh, <laughs> make fun of whoever she wants to make fun of. It. It'll be good. Yeah. And then also on on top of that, um, yeah, we got all kinds of other stuff going on. So listen, um, we're going to keep your podcast feed full filled for the next week. Uh, but tonight, our YouTube show, um, we are we pick a different YouTube video each week, and um, this week we picked a video about Scorgami and. Yeah. I don't know, Craig. I I feel like you know sometimes you overhype something. You're like, "Holy crap! This football game is really great." And you watch the game and it sucks. And yeah, kind of like how I feel about the Sewers game. That's another story for another <laughs> time. But um, you know, score Gami is this thing where um, you know, in the NFL, um, you know, there's scores that happen a lot. Like they're twenty-one fourteen or thirty-five twenty-eight or. You know, ten nothing or things like that. But there are scores that don't happen as often. Um, you know, the one that keeps popping to my head is uh, the Steelers had a weird game about ten years ago where they beat the Chargers eleven to ten, and that apparently was the only eleven to ten game in history. So in score gaming, you get all excited when a score takes place that never usually happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've seen this video a couple weeks ago, and. <sighs> I, I'm so ticked that my team lost in Sunday. So bear with me, Craig. <laughs> my team in Pittsburgh Steelers usually does well, and when they do well, I start looking at 
it's almost like in college football, they talk about statement wins or you want to win with finesse. Like you want to win by 40 points or something. So when the Steelers are winning, I'm like, oh, I want the Steelers to win by you know, 35 points, and I want that. Now that my team isn't winning that much, I, I lose interest in how they win. I just want them to win. So they can win every game by 11 to 10. I don't care. I, I just want them to win. So I, I think my interpretation of the Scorgami video has changed because right now my team stinks. And now I'm like, I don't need to, you know, I as long as I win. I mean, I don't, they can win every game 4 to 2 or 2 to nothing or some weird score like that. It's just weird. What would you take on Scorgami? So, so pretty much it was like a 20-minute documentary where they – Kind of went over scores and showed video of games that ended up with weird scores. You know, I was I, I liked the I, I was a little I didn't know what to expect. I think the initial when you had had mentioned this as a potential topic for one of our shows, I thought, what are we going to do with Scorgami that would last more than five minutes, let alone a, an entire show? And I watched the show. I watched this twenty-minute sh- you know video, like you said. I was kind of surprised. I mean, it it kind of shed light on on how unique things can happen and how, you know, the advent of the two-point conversion really changed the way Scorgami really worked. Um, But also, you know, some of those little nuance that you don't really think of, like how you could physically actually have a six-to-one game could exist in this day and age even. It's almost almost unlikely i think they said it was what one in one point it, it might happen like one in 400 000, or 400 million games or something and so it's it's really awkward on how you can do it but it it kind of i like i like the video because it gave me an option of of understanding how we kind of get to the finish line in the nfl you know, the NFL, like other other sports, has really become a, a, a statistic-driven game. And the idea that someone would have told me two days ago, hey, there could be a six-to-one game in the NFL, I would say, yeah, right. But there could be because of this, right. this weird rule where if you go for two-point conversion and let's say the way they described it, and this is why it's almost impossible for it to happen, but Basically, the way they described it was like, let's say a team goes for two points. They don't, maybe they throw an interception. The, the returner is getting down towards the goal line. He maybe gets stripped and fumbles the ball into the end zone. The offensive team recovers and then the defensive team touches them down in the end zone. That counts as a one point safety. And it actually happened in a college game. And they sort of explained how this is possible even though it's probably impossible for it to happen. It probably never will happen in our lifetimes. But it's just kind of unique, you know, to, to talk about, you know, the probabilities of, of teams of a 4-4 of a four to four game or a 0-0 zero to zero game or whatever it may be. It just It's just kind of a unique little math. And I don't like math. I'm just going to be frank with you. I don't like math. I'm, I'm terrible at math. So I don't really like it. I hate when teams score weird, you know, scores because then I'm trying to do the math in my head while a team's playing and I'm wondering if they need to go for two or can they, is it a one possession game? Is it a two possession game? Whatever it may be. So I always do not like doing the math, but I found this, this show or whatever you want to call it very interesting. I've always followed on Twitter on the score Gami when they, when they post something. Um, And it's always kind of fun just to see how unique 
a score can be and how it's a unique way to get to that score. Well, yeah, like I said before, I'm just bigger with my team's stakes this year. I mean, if my team was a winning team, I'd probably be all into it. Because when I first saw it, Craig, I mean, I, I was like, wow, this is good. Um, let me throw this at you guys. Let's see if we should watch it. And I, I was all in. And like I said, I'm just a bigger fan right now, Craig. <laughs> well, You're yeah. catching me all week where the Steelers lost 41 to 10 to average Bengals game team. It's right. just it's rough. Yeah, you know what though, I, I will say, you know, and, it, and also kind of, I, I think the, the the fun, the best thing about it was sort of how scoregami in the NFL was almost nothing. It had been reduced to nothing, and then the advent of the two point conversion certainly breathed life into the the idea that you could have weird little scores. I think they referenced, um, you know, the the Cleveland Browns and uh, Kansas City Chiefs game where Dwayne Rudd had, you know, removed the helmet and that caused the penalty. And then the chip shot field goal caused a score gami because of two point conversions being missed and things like that. I think that was kind of the most eye opening thing, because I think most people that are watching football for the majority of their lives of watching football have probably only known about the two point conversion. And, and it didn't, right. even though it, it even though it was only instituted in the 90s, you know, younger people really they didn't grow up not knowing you couldn't go for two especially so it's kind of unique just to see how how things get to where they get to because you're always wondering you know when a team goes for two and then all of a sudden they don't get it and then that messes up the score and then the other team gets closer because of that if they can score on their end so it's just kind of it's just kind of fun to see how everything plays out and i've always been the proponent of you know, and all these, all the coaches on the sidelines, they have their play call sheet. They have their two point conversion sheet on when they have to go for two. And I've always wondered, you know, there's been times where, you know, a, a team is down by 15 points and I've seen a team score and then they go for the two point conversion immediately. And it's primarily because, well, if you don't get it, then you can just go for two again, but why not go for the, the one? And then, you know, you go for the two point conversion the second time around. So it's always kind of weird how, how, how everything makes, you know, e- e- it kind of equals that game. You know, every the sum of the parts is what you do in between that. And um, it's kind of fun to, to watch it all come together. And this, the Scorgami video, at first I thought it was going to be a little boring, but, you know, it kind of caught my attention, especially when, you know, he mentioned the six to one possibility and set that out as a tease for the later part of the episode to, to kind of bring it all home. I'm old school. Like when the two point conversion first came into the NFL, I'm like, oh, this is what are they doing? I'm like the old man. Uh, <laughs> I think I was like 15 at the time when they first introduced that. But I got to say, it kind of saved the NFL. I mean, I think yeah. it, uh, because you also think too, that extra point was a formality. I mean, it was like a, like a 20 yard field goal, which got converted like what, 99% of the time. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you know, they always talk about the two-score games. Well, now a two-score game has to be nine points. Where in the past, you know, if you had more than seven-point lead, you it was a two-score game, and it and it, it made it brought a lot more strategy in the game. And yeah. I, I thought it was good. Um, I got to tell you, I was watching. I don't sit and watch old games for a long time, but I'll turn it on for a couple minutes. 
it was like a Steelers Raiders AFC title game from the seventies or something. And it was crazy because the Steelers were in their own territory, but they completed a pass on a third and 11. They were inches short of the first down. And it was nuts, Craig. I mean, again, own territory, but it was inches. And the team just ran off the field and the punt team came on. There was no thought about, you know, would they go for it or not. Right. And, yeah, it's kind of crazy, like, to do it now in the NFL. I mean, a lot of teams go for them fourth and go from the four or five-yard line without thinking about kicking the field goal. And maybe we're being a little bit too loose about how they did it. But I like this NFL a lot better than the NFL where, you know, you wouldn't go for it on four finishes or anything. And, yeah, you know, I mean, if, if you're up by eight yeah. points in 1990, if you're up by eight points, you don't have to yeah. go for it on fourth and inches. You can just say, well, if they score, who cares, you know, and – now there's a lot more strategy that's involved, and certainly, you know, it's you know I, I don't know what the conversion rate is for two point conversions, but um, it's just it's it's an added element to the game where you have to be mindful that that exists and that you have to to be aware that teams can get right back into a game. This subscriber uh, or the um, channel that puts this out is Secret Base. I think do I have it right? There, there, there's a couple sports channels. Is this Secret Base to put this one out? Um, I think so. Yeah. Well, Secret Base has had a lot. I mean, we always talk about do we recommend these channels or not. Hey, if you like sports, it's something interesting to do. Uh, they've done videos of all kinds of interesting things. They did kind of like a three-part documentary about the Cavs. So, I mean, it was back from when the Cavs started to – uh, there was another episode about like when the Cavs had Mark Price, Brad Doherty, Larry Nance, those guys. And then there was another episode talking about the LeBron years. So Secret Base does a good job of, um, you know, doing some sports documentaries. There was one, Craig, that I thought was amusing. Uh, apparently somebody on that staff is a big Atlanta Falcons fan. So they had a series about the history of the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons had a quarterback that got less than the minimum uh, NFL passer rating for three straight games. Like they're talking about how one year the Falcons were so terrible. Right. Can you imagine that, Craig? <laughs> well, as a Lions fan, I kind of can. I, I kind of can imagine it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not good. Yeah, it's it's fun to to learn some of the history and you know, like I think part of this video of Scorgami is you know they they talk about the history of the NFL starting and. I think one of the things that was fun was they had the Chicago Bears. I can't remember what year it was specifically, but I what was it their first four games or whatever that that them and each the each opponent scored either zero or two points total. So there was just a safety involved, and then everything else was zeros on the board. So essentially, the Chicago Bears were the uh, the monsters of the midway, but their offense was terrible, like it usually is anyway. But um, I thought that was kind of funny just to, to see like how these games, how the game has evolved as well as part of this too. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So yeah, my goodness, Craig, um, I'm dealing with somebody via email now that loves to talk about the YouTube show, but we can't, it's been <laughs> interesting conversation. We'll, we'll just put it like that. Um, but yeah, Good stuff. Um, we are we are doing the, these shows in two episodes now. 
where we'll talk about, um, you know, our main video. And then our second one, we'll talk about like a small video we've seen. And uh, we'll pick a new video for the following week. Uh, but, Craig, unless there's something else about Scorgami, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Mr. Beast. Have you checked out the Mr. Beast burger yet? I have not, no. Um, I, I will say that, be, you know, being back home in Sandusky, we, we aren't really ultra close to one. Um, but I will say that once we move, which will probably be here at the end of the month to Tennessee, I think we'll uh, probably stretch our legs and, and make sure we get to Mr. Beast Burger uh, very soon. Well, it was interesting because I actually, I think it was about a week ago, um, my family, we, we were going for a drive through to pick up some food. And I was, we were in the Eastern Mall area here in Columbus. And I said, hey, I got to find this Mr. Beast Burger because we were talking about it. Right. It was interesting. I couldn't find the physical location. Okay. And it was interesting because I actually saw another Mr. Beast video where they're like, hey, right now we don't have physical locations. You can order, they call it ghost kitchens. You know what I mean? Where they'll make them in another restaurant, but they'll ship them out by DoorDash or other places oh. like that. Now, I don't know how it is in Tennessee. In, there might be some places that are more of a Mr. Beast location, but apparently they do a lot more of that because I was frustrated because I couldn't find it. I was looking for a Mr. B sign or something. But, but Interesting. Okay. I was not aware that uh, they're there in spirit, I guess, physically. Now, I, now he mentioned in a video, I'm not sure if that's for every restaurant or not. It was, just, it was funny. It was like the day after I was looking for one. I was like, what's going on here? The only problem I have with that is, you know, DoorDash, you have to add DoorDash's fees. So, I mean, it turns out to be a more expensive burger. But, right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, I'm glad you filled me in on that because I was anticipating seeing a location. So yeah, well, yeah. I thought it was going to be like a McDonald's or someplace. Yeah, other thing that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, on this Mr. Beast kick, did you see what he did last week? I mean, this is breaking news, man. What did he do? I, I've seen something, but I can't remember exactly what he did. Um, Mr. Beast was interested in Squid Game. Oh, um, now, yeah, 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 yeah. And the interesting thing is. Squid Game, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not even sure if it's still the main trending, um, you know, TV show or movie on Netflix right now. But I got a feeling that you know, Squid Game isn't as super popular as it was maybe two months ago. Does that sound right, or am I? No, I think you're you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not um, from what I can see, it's not trending in the top ten anymore in the U.S. anyway. Well, get this. So apparently Mr. Beast is in the Squid Game. So he does this thing on TikTok where he's like, hey, if I get like 10 million likes or something, I'll recreate Squid Game. Well, Mr. Beast has a billion followers. He gives away money, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they give him 10 million likes. He recreates Squid Game. Like the set looks alike. Okay. He does it in the warehouse. And he had 456 people come in to play the Squid Game games. Now, okay. obviously, if you lose, you're not killed like you are in the real Squid Game. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a little packet that like goes off and emits a little sound that way they know that someone lost or something. Okay. Uh, but you know, the winner got 456,000 uh, because I think it was like 45.6 billion in the real game. So I mean, you want money and everything. 
And man, Craig, um, they put it out 134 million views already. And this is like seven days old. Well, so basically, Mr. Beast made all that money they gave away and way more than some given given the, the number of views and then of course we all know about the advertising as well so um that, i mean that's cool though i mean that's you know i mr beast isn't like posting every single day so they can be a little bit more selective but i think at the end of the day they also you know seem to to know what what certain marks to hit you know they know what what people like to see and you know they've got such a big following now at this point that it's almost like they can do no wrong. I, I sent you a link in our private chat if you want to check it out later. Twenty-five minute video. Um, it costs three and a half million to put together. Um, now some of it is logistical costs. I mean, obviously they're giving away, you know, almost five hundred thousand. Right. Um, they flew out everyone to the site. So you okay. think how much would it cost? I mean. You know, and I think they gave everyone like two thousand bucks to participate. So okay. it's not like you go down and you lose. You're like, oh, sorry, you know, you wasted your time. So I, I'm guessing maybe a million and a half went into winners' fees and probably travel expenses and everything else. Right. But man, Craig went in the wrong business. We didn't spend three and a half million on this on this podcast. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, I would just take the. Um... You want two thousand dollar entry fee and a and a free plane ride? I mean, that's crazy. Well, and, and look at this. I'm um, Cash App. Uh, we got information. Uh, it'll be up with this podcast on how you can take part. Um, it, it's just a great app. I mean, if you want to send each other money, you know, download Cash App. Yep. Um, you can do that. You can invest in stocks in companies. Uh, I put twenty bucks down on Bitcoin, and Bitcoin was doing very well when I put twenty bucks down Bitcoin is down 10%. Oh. So, oh, no. I'm losing my money. It's Oh, boy. I'm down two bucks. I mean, it's fine. But, no. uh, but, but I wanted to retire on Bitcoin. But I guess I'm not retiring yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, but it's a great app to use. There's some money to each other. You can get discounts from restaurants. You can invest in Bitcoin. You can invest in other stocks. Um, yeah, a little plug. Click the link. There'll be a code. Enter in that code. You get five bucks. For you, and it'll be five bucks for us. So okay. help us out. You just got to download an app. How many apps do you have on your phone? What's another app? And th- this app can help. I mean, if I'm trying to send money to Craig, I need a, a Cash App so I can send him money. So uh, check out Cash App. It, it's a really good app to use. And I, I bring all of that up to say, you know, Mr. Beast is using advertising money. So if you could send more money than five bucks if you want, if you send us three and a half million bucks, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a big video, right? We can put more money in there. Yeah, right? yeah, I'd say so. Okay. So there's your challenge. Send us three and a half million and we'll <laughs> put a little bit more money into our podcast. It'd be great. All right. Um. So very good information. So, hey, these are two separate episodes, but it's kind of like a part one and a part two. So I see we're about halfway done. So, Craig, let's take a break right now. Um, we will release the second episode the same day, so check it out. Uh, we'll be talking about our Chimney Glick, which I stumbled across, uh, and we'll talk about our video for next week and probably any other thing that brings up. Who knows? Maybe I'll I'll out this person I'm emailing right now, <laughs> so it'll be fantastic. 
All right. Uh, thanks for checking us out. We'll be right back. There is a heightened effort this week to inform Ohio families about the dangers of a silent poison. Because lead is invisible and the damage it causes is delayed, addressing lead poisoning is tricky. A recent study found that 5% of Ohio kids have elevated blood lead levels, which is more than double the national average. Co-chair of the Metro Health Lead Coalition, Dr. Matthew Tian, says even low levels of lead in the body can cause problems with growth, behavior, and learning. Studies that have been done show that the higher the lead level, the more dramatic effect it can have on lowering IQ. Obviously, the higher the lead level, the more terrifying. But finding even a level of one is significant. There's no known safe level of lead. Tian says 40% of high-risk kids in Ohio don't get needed lead blood tests. He notes that Metro Health Hospital improved their rates dramatically in the past year, by having children tested during medical appointments instead of sending families to a lab. During National Lead Poisoning Prevention Week, Ohioans are encouraged to have their homes and children tested for lead. Timothy Johnson with the Ohio Lead-Free Kids Coalition says kids in Ohio have high levels of lead due to old housing and poverty. He explains that two-thirds of houses in Ohio might contain lead. You will see issues like this concentrated in some urban centers, mostly in brown and black neighborhoods that have seen historic neglect. But it's in our rural areas, too, and at very high rates there as well. So this is not just an issue that's concentrated in one part of the state or the other. It's statewide. The Ohio Lead-Free Kids Coalition has created a nine-point action plan for lead-free children by 2030. It includes helping homeowners eliminate lead hazards, researching new ways to protect kids from lead, and improving supports for those exposed to lead. This story was produced in association with media and the public interest and funded in part by the George Gunn Foundation. I'm Mary Sherman reporting. Find our eight trust indicators to support accuracy and transparency online at publicnewsservice.org.